Okay, thank you all for being here today. We got uh, Justin, who I was fortunate enough to speak to one-on-one -on -one the other day, and it's the first time I get to hear his story. But um, yeah, really looking forward to it, and I know you're all in for a treat. Justin, take your time, and uh, glad you're here, buddy. Uh, just go for it. Okay, cool. Uh, well, my name is Justin. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I was someone who struggled a lot in life in all kinds of different ways. Um, I'm here to share my story and talk about uh, my second book, mostly, which I have just rewritten. I call it the fifth edition because I put so many um, chapters up on a blog and got input from people over and over. Uh, I'm someone who was a functional literate till about the age of 30. Uh, what a functional literate is, is someone who can kind of function in society, but really can't process anything in more of a um, pair, like a couple sentences even. Uh, I couldn't even read that. Uh, I have the aspects of eight brain disorders without fitting one stereotype. And one of the things I prove in my second book uh, is how similar I am to everyone using both the um, psychology of movies and commercials. There's a quote from my Angelo I like quite a bit. We are more alike than unalike. Nothing human can be alien to me. All life suffers. And um, I write more metaphysical stuff today. Uh, I have gotten two college degrees. I was in the middle of my third, but I just argued too much with one professor uh, to realize I don't know if I could get a master's degree in philosophy. Um, maybe I will someday, but I'm thinking more of law about now. Um, but I grew up in a pretty crazy household. It was an alcoholic household. My dad, uh, had a PhD in organic chemistry, so he made drugs and sold it to, uh, the Reed College students. Um, something my mother found out later when the therapist accidentally told her, but he was a pretty violent guy. Um, and he did a lot of other stuff, abuses with food, stuff like that. And I saw a lot of it. And tell you the truth, I was a very sensitive person. Uh, my mother had to take me out of Charlotte's Web when I was a little kid because I was crying so loud. Uh, I was really wailing at the end is what she said. Um, I was only probably about like four or five or something. But I was just a very sensitive person. And my father, uh, after he got sober for a couple months. I was like, oh, who is this guy? He was nice and everything. They took us all to Disneyland. And, um, uh, but then I guess he started drinking again. And my mom said, hey, you gotta leave, uh, which I'm grateful for. And I would also argue that, you know, I argue in favor of things like Sigmund Freud, um, but I also argue that Sigmund Freud and the Buddha kind of talk along the same lines. We are all nothing but rational animals that seek pleasure and avoid pain. And we do it to the point where it, you know, harms ourselves and others. Uh, if I have a modern day Messiah, I consider him itself a Nisargadatta Maharaj. Uh, if anyone ever wants to read the book, I Am That, that's a very good one. And that to me really proved that the root of all actions is love. Uh, we all have the same two problems, ignorance and understanding. Uh, something Nisargadatta Maharaj says is uh, life is love and love is life. What keeps the body together but love? What is desire but love of self? What is fear but the urge to protect? 
What is knowledge but the love of truth? The means and the form may be wrong, but the motive behind is always love. Love of the mean and the mind. The mean and the mind may be small and insignificant, or may explode and embrace the universe, but love remains. Um, I have a whole chapter in this book where I uh, forgive my father completely. And I talk about uh, taking the power of choice out of his hand. There is only one person with the power of choice in my life, and that's me. Not because I have it, but really because there's no other way to live. Uh, I like the concept of karma. Karma is nothing but causality, cause and effect. I take an action. These are my consequences. And I learn from those consequences. As a child, I didn't know really how to learn much. Um, but my father left and I called and I asked him um, if there's anything he ever regretted. And all he could do is just throw it right back in my face. And so I had a kind of a nervous breakdown. I um, was getting violent with my mother and doing a lot of really crazy stuff. And then I wrote a letter to uh, threaten to kill my dad and kill myself and uh, sent, gave it to my teacher, Patrick. So I spent my 14th birthday in a psych ward. And that was the first time I spent a month in a psych ward, but not the last. I've been basically in every psych ward in San Francisco and been on every psych med uh, that there is. Most of them have not worked for me. Uh, but one of the premises of this book is the neuroplasticity of the human brain and how no one's born with an IQ, for lack of a better term. That IQ can be such things as uh, social IQ, uh, intelligence, you know, we're all here in this Maya is what it's called in Hinduism uh, for one reason, one reason only, and that's the ability to learn. Um, this world is nothing but my perfect teacher, like it says on page 417 in the big book. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some perfect person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no happiness until I accept it. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Uh, to me, that's it's just all an experience. It's all just causality. It's all cause and effect. And um, I live by the power of choice for one reason. It is the best way for me to be shaped by my consequences and for me to respond to the pain in my life. Uh, I have an amazing tolerance of pain. Um, after I got shipped off to that hospital, uh, then they sent me to a place in Provo, Utah. And that was called Discovery Academy. There's lots of survivor groups on um, Facebook now for kids that were sent to these uh, troubled kind of privileged kids that were sent to these places. And, um, it, you know, Everyone that I've met who has left um, is disturbed in some way. Uh, if they, they were messed up when they got there, and then those uh, detentionary schools just made them a million times worse. But I also realized that my mother had no options. So, you know, there is no one to resent in my life. Uh, the world is the way it is, and it's just my experience. If I can do my best and let it go, well, that's my solution. But uh, at that school, they had demerits. One demerit was 25 minutes standing up against the wall. You move, you start over. 
they say, Justin, that's an America. I'd say, fuck you, give me another. I had the head of the female counselors in tears in the front office screaming, I'm not fat, uh, because I was screaming at her about her four foot camel toe. And it was at that school that I really learned how to turn into my father with everyone. Uh, it was my biggest addiction was being a bully. And I want to read a poem that I wrote uh, locked up in that school. Uh, with this book, The Shadowed Soul, I opened with poetry I wrote as a functional literate. Uh, that school, no one could really, yeah, I mean, it was just meant for any idiot to graduate. All he had to do was read the chapter summary and take the test and they give you an A no matter what. Um, but I uh, wrote about 30 poems or so um, in perfect iambic pentameter as a little angry child. And I was suicidal most of my life and you will find it in this poetry. Uh, but I wanna read this one poem. So give me a second. Called that might be me I hate. I recall his swing as my blood flew. Screams in the night while hatred grew. With bottle in hand, he still must drink. Cast aside as my heart does sink. In silence alone, I did so weep with all our tears and sorrows deep. And upon his leave, I still do cry from this man whom I wish would die. For along these years, flow swiftly by, his thoughts in my mind will gently pry. So thinking of him, others do see him in this picture of only me. A downward fall I seem to concede. With all this rage, my soul does bleed. For within life's the lawful fate, I just might be that man I hate. I wrote that poem at about, uh, I'd say 16. And uh, I didn't really realize how true it was because I was never violent with anyone. Uh, but something I show in this book, A Vicious Cycle, uh, is how I was really an intellectual bully with everyone. I couldn't read and I couldn't uh, function too well in society. So I always took myself as stupid. Um, but I always had people say, hey, you know, you're actually smart. And I had doctors and psychiatrists even ask me how I think of the insults that I think of. Uh, my biggest addiction by far was the need to feel superior to another individual. And, you know, 90% of what we all learn happens between the ages of one and five. Uh, I turned into a bully with everyone, really. And all I really wanted was love and acceptance. Um, one of the things I argue in favor of is the logic of all religions. Most religion is nothing but simple logic and common sense. As I was telling you how the root of love is all actions, well, there are those who love Israel and those who love Palestine. How it manifests is nothing but fear and anger. Um, when you realize everyone's just doing the best they can, there is no one to resent, like it tells you on page 99 of the 12 and 12. Uh, to forgive is to be forgiven, and by self-forgiving one finds. If you're ever wondering what to do in any situation, uh, the prayer of St. Francis will tell you. Uh, and it is in that prayer that uh, the solution for my second book is. But it was at that school that I had my first drink really because all the kids were there for drugs and alcohol except for me i smoked weed once as a little kid and with my friends ben and jeremy um but uh didn't you know we just 
loved it, but there really was none anywhere. Um, but uh, when I got to that school, Discovery Academy, that's all the kids talked about was drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. And so it was after I was there for a year, it was a one-year program. I was there for three. And they finally said, okay, if you're good for a week, we'll give you your headphones and a tape of your choice and you can listen to it for one hour a day. Music and earphones was something that got me to behave. Uh, their punishment system did not. Dr. Thorne, who owned the place, was telling me to fuck off in his office. Um, and Rich Kafusi, I remember, had me pinned up against the wall and I said, what, you want to kiss? And he had butted me in the face. There was blood dripping down my nose and I screamed out, come back, I love you. Uh, I was a little kid who could not back down in any way. But um, I realized later uh, from some neurological testing I had done at UCSF that I have zero impulse control with my autism. Um, and my biggest fear was just letting people know how scared I was. But at that school, I had uh, my first drink, which I was on a home visit. Uh, it was Christmas of 93, I believe, my first home visit. And I had two 12-ounce cups of gin in about five minutes. And that's basically how I drank. If I drank, I drank to get drunk. The whole family said, God damn, not another. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of problems started happening. But it was at that school, Discovery Academy, where I started having partial complex seizures uh, because a lot of the kids would crouch to the ground and hyperventilate. Then we'd stand up and cut off our oxygen supply and um, gave me a large seizure. And they're like, whoa. Um, but the doctors at Discovery Academy, as I was having these partial complex seizures, uh, really didn't know what they were doing. And they told my mother I was doing it for attention. Uh, so I was undiagnosed with epilepsy for five years. But I finally got that uh, diploma and left after three years and came home and wouldn't drive a car uh, because I kept on losing my consciousness. And so my mom told me to leave. Tried moving in with some friends from Discovery Academy afterwards, and they couldn't stand me because I just couldn't stop talking shit, really. If I thought something, I had to say it. And something I point out in The Power of an Action is um, it's nothing about what we feel about what we think that controls our actions. And I agree with Freud, 90% of the mind is subconscious and we just seek pleasure and avoid pain. You'll find both those concepts in Vedic scriptures, ancient Vedic scriptures. And the Buddha basically says the same thing, yet he argues from the concept of paradoxes. And he also says, um, there is a solution. Uh, which is to give up those selfish desires. Freud doesn't really argue in favor of a solution, but you'll find that we are nothing that, but rational animals that just want to feel good in Vedic scriptures, such as uh, the Mandukya Upanishad and the Chandugya Upanishad. Uh, I, have, I use those in all my writings. <clears throat> but um, it was at Discovery, I mean, it was at, sorry, uh, when I was in Denver, Colorado, that I just, they couldn't take me after a month. So I came and moved in with my uncle. Um, I got a job at the Radio Shack, the shit shack, I called it, yesterday's technology tomorrow. It's when cell phones first came out. I was in the top 20 in sales, number one to customer complaints in the district. Um, if 
there was a customer. I could sell my cell phone because they all wanted them. And I was making about four to six grand a month after taxes. It all went to weed and alcohol. All of it, all of it. I really didn't get into a lot of harder drugs until a little bit later. Um, but I finally got fired there. Um, and for you know a couple of years, I was making like 80 to 90,000 bucks a year just as a kid. And it just all went to weed and alcohol. I would show up at Collingwood Park to try and make friends and buy them the alcohol and the drugs. And then they'd beat me up because I wouldn't stop talking to them, talking shit to them. And then I'd hike all over town and pass out on the street and wake up, wake up strapped down to a gurney in General Hospital three nights a week. Um, I always made it to work on time. I cannot tell you how many times I woke up in five point restraints and I'd say, let me go. They'd say, you got to come back. I'd say no. And, you know, I might be back in the ER the next day. And, you know, if you're abusing alcohol, your seizures will get worse if you have them. And they started getting worse. Uh, but that's when I saw a doctor down here that my grandmother paid for. Uh, and he recommended a neurologist that I saw at General Hospital. And they finally diagnosed me with epilepsy. Uh, they also gave me an MRI and looked on the inside of my brain and found that I have a rare organic brain disorder called a heterotopic gray matter. Um, but something I approve to a doctor uh, who studied aging is, you know, 10 out of every 11 cells in our bodies, nothing but bacteria. Every seven years, almost every cell in our bodies replaced. I tried asking her, so who or what truly are we? And she just laughed, she jumped on her porch and sped off as fast as she could. Um, I gave her a line from Nisarga Tata Maharaj as well, which is, the body is made of food, the mind is made of thought. See them as they are. Non-identity, when natural and spontaneous, is liberation. You need not know what you are, enough to know what you are not. What you are, you will never know, for every realization gives new dimensions to conquer. And that is the paradox of Western science. Every time we get an answer, what does it just bring about? More questions. That's exactly what they predicted uh, with the concept of the Maya in uh, ancient Vedic scriptures. I've shown that to lots of doctors. Science is based on falsifiability, not verifiability. We all use faith. It is impossible to prove, such as Einstein did, that the speed of light remains constant at 299,792,485 meters a second. We would have to measure photons from one end of our universe, which they say is roughly around 93 billion uh, light years now, to the other side and make sure it never varied in speed whatsoever. That is an impossible thing to prove. Uh, one thing I was wondering is, is that retardation of light, such as dark energy, which was a theory that it, light is actually slowed down over billions of light years, um, that's what it means is to hold back, is that somehow approved for the quantification of gravity, uh, which Einstein could never solve, which he was trying to solve for the last half of his life. Uh, that's something I point out in my chapter on God, which I prove in two ways, in my book, The Shadowed Soul which is nothing but consciousness, which is what it is in uh, the Vedic scriptures, and also the words I don't know. Um, 
and I'll get into more of that later. But I went to AA, stayed sober for 30 days, um, was on top of the world, uh, went through alcohol withdrawals after I had physical rehabilitation because I had to, I just would hike for hours and hours and hours in the middle of the night. And I threw out my legs and my hips. Um, that's something I did a lot of in San Francisco it has a lot of great hills. When you're loaded on drugs, you can hike all over. And I'd be singing as loud as I could with my headphones on just to escape the noise in my ears. You know, it was these loud voices in my head that were just driving me nuts. I was suicidally depressed. I was dealing with psychosis as well. And, um, you know, it was a very crazy time. Uh, but I got to AA and I stayed sober for 30 days. Like, great, I'm never drinking again. And then as soon as the alcohol withdrawals wore off, uh, which I used Benadryl for, um, I relapsed. And I didn't stay sober for a very long time. I would go to meetings high, go to meetings drunk, get a couple of days, go in and out. Um, had lots of problems in meetings. They had business meetings about me. Uh, the 7.30 in the Castro is there because uh, I got an arson charge in a meeting. Uh, my sponsor at the time uh, had a problem with ACT UP, so I took one of their books, lit it on fire, and sent it in front of their door. Uh, but I was just more of a pain in the ass. Um, I was never much of a liar or a thief. Uh, but I was more annoying and kind of a bully uh, intellectually to a lot of people. But, you know, it was only in AA that I was told to come back. And that's why I came back. I was never told to come back anywhere. Because of that, I'm a part of society today. Because of that, I'm fully employed. Doing accounting for hotels and I can read. Uh, I've gotten college degrees and like I said, I'm living a good life. I have turned my life around completely because of AA. And it took me about eight years of going to meetings nonstop. I had a year break where I was quite a miracle. And then I relapsed after the attention went away and the doctor wanted to adjust my meds again. Uh, but, you know, the one thing I never did is I never stopped going to meetings. I got into speed. I, you know, and speed and epilepsy do not go together. Uh, trust me. Uh, I would have to not take my anticonvulsants to feel the drugs and then I'd have large grand mal seizures. I am still dealing with the consequences of those uh, seizures to this day. Had some pretty large tonic-clonics earlier this month and that is because I did not respond to my consequences. One of the most amazing things I heard someone say in a meeting once is they prayed for a lower tolerance of pain because that's the only reason they change for the better. I like to address the paradoxes. I live by choice for one reason, one reason only. Like I said, there is no other way to live. Not because I have it. So I want to respond to my consequences. And that's what this book's about. Uh, the Shadowed Soul. I have a chapter on ADD. I have a chapter on depression, PTSD and anxiety. Uh, schizophrenia and bipolar, epilepsy and autism and brain damage, and I've dealt with them all. Um, I had to rebuild my memory completely with all the seizures and drugs I did. And that's something I can demonstrate to anyone. And, you know, the average citizen of ancient Greece used to be able to memorize the Iliad, which is a 600-page poem. We don't use our minds. 
anywhere near that we could if we wanted to. I also argue against cell phone usage for such things as digital dementia and Facebook. Um, I use it too, but uh, these things that I'm talking on right now, um, you know, they stimulate the same parts of the brain as drugs and alcohol. We all just want to feel good at any given moment in our day, and we do it to the point where it causes pain to ourselves and others. Just like Freud and the Buddha said, and they both said, we don't pay attention to 90% of what we think. Uh, Trantaka is the type of meditation I, point, I uh, practice, which is in the Bhagavad Gita. I don't really uh, focus much on um, posture at all. I try and keep my mind on the only thing I truly know. I am. Uh, everything else takes faith. Everything else is an inference suspect doubt. I tell people all the time who in AA who have done drugs and abused drugs, uh, you ever see those people you party with, you know, digging out of a trash can, stuck in their own reality, talking to the wall or whatever. Um, how does any of us know that's not us? You know, we are all wrong all the time. I use nothing but, you know, um, such premises as um, what both political uh, parties take in America as false beliefs. You know, I mean, I don't think America was founded on freedom. We are founded on colonialism, which is what every global boundary in the world was drawn by, was drawn by as these colonialists. They conquered, killed, and, you know, it was about supremacy and genocide. Uh, sure, we've developed into a lot of privileges and freedoms that we have to this day. But to say we were founded on it, I don't know, kind of a false belief I believe both people have. But, you know, we all have truths to what we believe. No one of us believes the absolute truth. Even if the Bible was the absolute truth, I'm looking at it through a relative, subjective perspective. Um, I argue in favor of Christ. And that's where all modern civil rights stem from. People acknowledge it or not on the Democratic side. Dr. King was one thing, a doctor of Christian theology. Same thing Bill got all his ideas from, the Oxford group. You know, they were just nothing but biblical references. You can quote verses right out of the big book from the Bible. Um, but the whole point is we all have truths to what we believe. None of us know what is absolutely true. And what truly is the difference between a false belief and a delusion? Uh, that's what I tell people all the time. Uh, so if we can't admit we're wrong, and that is why pride is the greatest of all sins. It tells us we are right when we do not know. And um, my main daily meditation practice is in my chapter on ADD. And that's just that 45 minutes of keeping my mind on one thought, the only thing I truly know. If anyone wants to see how powerless they are, wants to do a searching and fearless moral inventory, wants to acknowledge every character defect they have, try step 11 and expand upon it. Uh, you will be able to look at the only thing that you are able to look at from any angle you want to, at any time you want to, and that is your own mind. And try controlling both the thoughts that rise in your mind and how they make you feel and see how much power you truly have. Um, the whole point is what it says in the Rig Veda, which is one of the oldest scriptures in the world. When purified the rays of intelligent discrimination, the thoughts in the mind humbly submit to wisdom. 
you know, we see our thoughts clearly, they work themselves out. You know, it's to be able to have a thought and not act on it. And that's what I told a doctor who believed in free will. I said, try controlling both the thoughts that rise in your mind and how they make you feel. If you truly believe you have the power of choice, because nothing but what I think about what I feel that controls my actions. Um, but I don't know. Uh, and that's one of my definitions of God. Uh, because those words, I don't know, will answer every question honestly, except for the fact that I am. Or as Nisargadatta Maharaj says, as every taste of salt portrays the great ocean, and every drop of seawater carries the same flavor, so every experience gives me the touch of reality, the ever-fresh realization of my own being. Every experience, every experience I have validates one thing and one thing only, that I am a conscious being. Neti neti, or by self-forgetting one finds, like it says on page 99 of the 12 and 12. None of us know much, and we're all just doing our best. There is no one to resent if you take the power of choice out of anyone's hand. And you look at it from, what am I to learn from this situation? With those three grandmas I had last month, all I saw is that I have someone who loves me quite a bit sitting next to me at night, willing to videotape me on her phone. And, you know, that is an unconditional love that I am quite grateful for, and it taught me a lot. Um, and to me, that's all the root of every action is, is love. We all just got the same two problems, like I said, ignorance and understanding. Or as Socrates would say, uh, the passionate man and the vicious man are men who do not know their own good. Men who have not perceived the essence of man in themselves. No one is willingly wicked. Reciprocally, the virtues are branches of knowledge. To know is to do. When I truly understand, I take the right action. Um, and that's what it's about, understanding my own mind. This world is nothing but my perfect teacher. There is no one to resent. So uh, with that, um, I will end there. <laughs>